The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this March 16, 2017 edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. Thank you to everyone who's been patient while my website has been off and on for the last 30 days. We moved it over to another server, and it's been a train wreck, to say the least. Hey, I want to remind people to sign up for my free e-newsletter. That's going to be coming out in the next 48 hours. Got an e-news flash. We've got a video equipment fundraiser going on on Fundly.com. You can Google Fundly, F-U-N-D-L-Y, and type in Sheila Zelensky in your browser, and it'll come right up. Do get behind that. I'm going to be doing some live streaming and a really exciting video. And that's going to be a great new addition. Very impactful way as technology is swiftly changing and the pace to keep up. Well, it is exhausting to say the least. So do get behind that. And I really thank you in advance. I know I can depend on my listeners for that. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to weekendvigilante.com. I think my website's up and running. And just simply click on that pink banner Up at the top of the pink banner, you can see the social media icons, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Well, I want to jump right into the show because I am very excited for these two guests. They really need no introduction. It is the one and only Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Timothy Albarino. Boy, they've got a lot going on and they're going to talk about that, including something super exciting. Without further ado, Steve Quayle and Timothy Alberino, welcome to the show. Steve, you said something that really is a theme to what you're going to present today. You said this theme about the greatest cover-up in history, and I always butcher it. First of all, thank you. And what is your statement again, Steve? Because it's so fitting. Well, thanks. I'm going to turn it over to Tim, but the statement I made is the biggest cover-up in history is the cover-over of history, because we're uncovering literally so much worldwide. And I'm telling you this, when people see our next DVD, the third series, uh, Holocaust of Giants, and all the eyewitness testimony, all their pathetic arguments against it, like the typical uh, people say, that's not in the Bible. It's so much in the Bible, it's just that, unfortunately, the Bible passages uh, demand some form of ability to think and understand that the Hebrews very specifically in the differentiation between giants, between fallen angels, and between the sons of God. The whole thing, Sheila, is, is steeped in what I would call an internet intercourse of ignorance in the arguments against it surrounded by my pastor says this, or I feel. I told people, and I still tell people all the time, that whenever they hear someone say, I feel, that person is not in the thinking realm, they're in the emotional realm. So they're either troubled, scared to death, or do not want to take the personal responsibility of what it means. So we'll, we'll share, because we're excited about the Holocaust of Giants as great, and from a worldwide audience as number two was the Unholy Sea, the Holocaust of Giants will blow away. I'm telling you point blank, and we will live up to this claim. History will be rewritten, and it's going to be rewritten in real time. It is my 
understanding of how God has moved in the previous DVDs and moving in stuff that we're already, uh, it's on our radar, that once we release it, then all of the attendant information, and it's like God gives a key to uh, the past, which will be determining the future. So, Tim, share just why this is going to be the most mind-bending rewrite of history in a true scientific and evidentiary way. Well, we are almost done. We're almost, we've almost completed the, the production of episode three of our True Legend series, Holocaust of Giants. And I want to clear something up right away. People are going to hear um, the title, There Were Giants. That was a preliminary title for the film in the beginning. We have since changed it to Holocaust of Giants. So if you hear There Were Giants, that's the same film. And that's kind of a mysterious title. But people are going to realize why we call it Holocaust of Giants when they see the film. And it's a very appropriate title because of the content that we have in this film. Let me say this. I'm extremely excited about this film. We've been working our butts off for a few months to get this thing produced, not counting all of the uh, international travel we've been doing and and, uh, filming both overseas and in the desert southwest. Uh, myself, Steve, Tom Horn, and his team. This is a collaborative effort with Tom Horn. The groundbreaking research that Tom Horn has been doing concerning the Anasazi, concerning giants in the desert southwest, cannibalism, all of these themes are going to be intertwined with uh, what we have been researching on the island of Sardinia. We've been holding the island of Sardinia information that, uh, that we've gathered, that we've filmed and documented, We've been holding it close to our chest for two years. We made two trips to Sardinia. The first trip we made to Sardinia was a preliminary trip, uh, a a information gathering trip. Uh, When we saw what was there, we decided we're going back with the full camera crew, new cameras, professional cameramen. And uh, we went to the island of Sardinia and we documented some of the most astounding information concerning giants. I, in fact, and I, and I know Steve would agree with this, I believe that what we've documented on the island of Sardinia puts the pieces together concerning the giants, not only the giants in the Mediterranean and, and the giants from Canaan, but also the giants that showed up in the United States. We talk about in this film everything from the Anasazi to uh, the Smithsonian cover-up to stuff concerning Sardinia that people, I guarantee, have never heard before. This is not your run-of-the-mill Nephilimery. This is groundbreaking, unique proprietary research that we have done on the ground, both from Tom Horn's side uh, of things and from our side of things. So we're not just rehashing information that you can find readily on the internet or in other books. This information comes directly as a result of on the ground investigation. This film, episode three, Holocaust of Giants, is going to put the pieces together uh, for people uh, concerning the migration of giants, concerning the post-flood giants, and a whole bunch of other things, again, that people have never heard of. By the way, we have, since from our first film to our second film, we went up a couple of notches, and we got a lot of rave reviews on the first film. We got even more rave reviews on the second film. Our second film is very, very popular, The Unholy Sea. This film is even a notch above the last film in terms of content, in terms of the production value. So we're extremely excited about this film. People are asking us all the time, when's the third film coming out? Well, the third film is coming out very soon. It will be available for sale in, in May. And again, we're just extremely excited about it because this is groundbreaking information. 
What I think, too, Sheila, I'd like to add to that is this, is that I've said all along, and you've interviewed me over the years and heard me interviewed and on talk shows and Tim and I together, Tim and I individually, but it's like there's a specific time frame, and Pastor David Langford talks about the time that is not negotiable for God to release certain information. And I would say this, if even on the front of Drudge today, which is the 16th of March, it's talking about genetically altered super soldiers, when you can even begin to fathom this statement, and I want to go on record because this is what Tim and the film crew and we're doing in conjunction with Tom Horn. When you start to see the final destination of everything from CRISPR technology, genetic engineering, singularity, artificial intelligence, robotics, transgenic, transmutational species coming on the scene, and then you hear of the people Christians, or at least people who claim to be Christians, having encounters with every sort of medieval, middle-aged monsters, and I'm talking not that they're middle-aged, but from the Middle Ages, all of the things that go bump in the night, and the things that are being seen in the sky, the things that are being seen coming out of volcanoes, when you put it all together, again, up until, you know, 10 years ago, the people of God could not have understood the gates of hell. So what we have, in my opinion, is the God-directed and given release of the information that is not to scare the people of God, but to prepare the people of God. And uh, Tim will share this, too. This film has been, you know... (laughs) Two years in the making, but Tim, the last three months is a little bit of uh, underestimation. I mean, you know, I can tell you point blank that this thing is even in the editing stage and the music stage and the finalization stage. This is a big deal. So why is this a big deal? Well, number one, the people of God that responded to True Legends, the first and second episodes from all over the world, they say one common statement all the time. Now I get it, or now it makes sense. Now I understand why God sent the children of Israel into the land of Canaan and told them not to uh, mingle genetically and to kill every man, woman, and child, because they were genetic hybrids. And the plan of Satan all along in producing giants, in having only 200 fallen angels, I want to make a statement right now. The 200 original fallen angels that fell on Mount Hermon, by the way, at the base that was a Mount of Transfiguration, and that's a pretty interesting uh, concept right there. But the point being, those are the angels that were cast into Tartarus and were held in everlasting chains of darkness. But there are millions of angels, and of the millions, you know, it used to be actually a medieval thing to try and calculate the number of angels. Well, if you can calculate the number of stars, then you could probably do it. But it it talks about an innumerable uh, company or count of angels in the scriptures. So I want to make it clear, because, uh, you know, there are people putting out that, well, the fallen angels are alive and coming back, especially the 200. That's not the case, but they're not dealing with the millions of fallen angels. And so here's the thing. God in, and Jesus said it specifically that Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But that's a functioning faith, not an idyllic backstabbing faith, you know. And, and here's the deal. With Christians so busy, you know, backstabbing, gutting, bearing false witness, everything that's going on, mocking, scorning, ridiculing, what are they going to do when they come up against a real enemy? 
I, I get my emails, even as we're on the air right now, presenting this, you know, well, people are demanding I tell them this, demanding I tell them that. Well, here's the thing. I only have so much time. Tim's only got so much time. So we put out the DVDs to give you the latest up-to-date. And I want to share something. Most of the stuff that's on the Internet is nothing more than recycled stuff that I started talking about on talk radio 20 years ago. And this is, this is true. Even before Tim and I hooked up, you know, as God was dealing with Tim and calling him out of the jungle of Peru, number one, God wanted to have you eat better than you're eating down there, Tim. I mean, if it slithered, slimed, or jumped between trees, that's what Tim was eating. But the point is, is that there is so much new evidence. And see, Sheila, here's the thing. By divorcing people from a virtual reality world and all the video games and all the what I call psycho-programming of uh, telepresence, we basically are dealing with people that, even in the Christian realm, are, you know, trust me, serenading a cannibalistic entity is not going to save you from its appetite. Now, God can. And so, for I want to say this, too. For the elderly, for the shut-ins, for the people that are on Social Security, God is going to fight for his people. But to the able-bodied men and women that he will call to fight, those are the ones that need the directions. This is why prayer and intercession is important, but it's never one at the expense of the other. You know, I mean, I got tough guys telling me they don't need Jesus to go fight these giants. I said, well, David thought differently, and David succeeded. You don't want to be making that argument as you're going down something's throat. And again, when we're talking about giants, let me make it clear. We are not talking about someone suffering from acromegaly. We're not talking about someone like the circus giants that were basically uh, Robert Ludlow and others that were, you know, eight and close to nine feet tall, but they were basically suffering from all sorts of maladies. We're talking about tough guys who have a supernatural element to their life. And we chronicle that supernatural element. And Tim, if you if you feel comfortable, just I mean, share about if you will, you know, the Naragi and the Naragic towers that you found in Sardinia, and that in essence, no one's ever written about it. And just share a little bit to wet everybody's whistle because this is profound, and it's so. Can I say this? It's so out of this world that even as the biggest documentary that James Cameron is doing on Atlantis, you won't be able to really, uh, and they touched on it, that uh, Atlantis in his special. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we deal with uh, our DVDs and they cost us hundreds of thousands. We can't compete with billionaires that can put 20 to 30 million into a search and expedition. So God in his faithfulness has given us so many uh, favors with so many people around the world. And again, it's despise not the day of small beginnings. So Tim, share what you feel you should share and can to wet the whistle of the people that have already bought episode one and episode two. And I will say this, having sat and watched it, having uh, been in the process of it and seeing the flow of continuity of thought, this thing's magnificent. It's off the charts. That's not bragging rights, and it's not sagging rights. It is absolutely the best presentation in the world and the only presentation from start to finish of what we are talking about, the Holocaust of Giants. Well, the island of Sardinia is an extremely anomalous place. It's anomalous because of an ancient civilization that once inhabited, which is referred to as the neurogic civilization. The neurogic people were a very enigmatic people. Nobody knows exactly who they were, although I think that we 
um, that we define who they were in our film pretty definitively. But uh, in, in the conventional archaeological and historical world, nobody knows who they were. They were Bronze Age civilization that somehow managed to devise, to construct over 30,000 megalithic towers on one island. And not only megalithic towers, but also megalithic tombs, hundreds if not thousands of megalithic tombs employing massive stones. And obviously, the, a rational thinker would have to come to the conclusion right away that that would require enormous amounts of resources. It would, it would require empire. It would, it would re require a very strong people to build uh, so many edifices in, on one island. Uh, the towers, the megalithic towers are called nuragi. We call them nuragi towers in the film. They're called nuragi um, in Sardinia. They're unique to Sardinia. There's only uh, one or two other places on earth that have similar edifices, and that would be the island off the coast of the island off the eastern coast of, of, um, uh, of Spain, Menorca, and then also mainland Spain. But these towers were most likely, if not definitely, built by the individuals coming from the island of Sardinia. So uh, it's a very, very strange situation, and and it's 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 bizarre in a number of ways. Meaning the island of Sardinia, because it's so anomalous in in what you find there. This this strange neurogic civilization, these uh, tens of thousands of megalithic towers and the hundreds, if not thousands, of tombs of the giants that once existed. By the way, the tombs are called the tombs of the giants and have been called the tombs of the giants uh, for time immemorial uh, on the island of Sardinia. There's a very distinct cover-up happening on the island concerning giants that is that is very analogous to the cover-up that was happening in the United States concerning the uh, concerning the bones of giants, a cover-up that was perpetuated primarily by the Smithsonian Institution. So we draw correlations there, some very, very intriguing correlations that it's going to surprise people, the correlations that we draw between the United States, the Smithsonian cover-up, the mound builders, the famous mound builders of the United States. Who were they and where did they come from? Well, we think we put our finger uh, on the on the place uh, on the map where they came from. So the, the island of Sardinia is, even though it's got all of these megalithic edifices and all of this mystery and this strange neurogic civilization, hardly anybody knows anything about it. We didn't know anything about it until somebody wrote us a letter uh, and told us some very interesting things and we decided to go check it out. Um, very, very little attention has been given to the island of Sardinia uh, in, in archeological terms. Um, it's been overlooked, and I think that the island has been overlooked purposely uh, because there, in, in my, well, I don't want to give too much away, but um, in my estimation, Sardinia is ground zero for giants. Um, we have testimony after testimony in this film, astounding testimonies from individuals who were hired by the municipality, hired by the Italian government to literally dig up the bones. And when I say bones, I mean full skeletons of giants. And we have their testimonies. The evidence is overwhelming in Sardinia, not only of a few giants, but hundreds, if not thousands, of dead giants on one island. Uh, and there's a reason for that, which we deal with in the film. 
you know, I've, we've gone to Peru and we've gone all over the place to Malta and to Rome and Bolivia. And the stuff that I, I encountered in Peru and Bolivia is definitely enigmatic and intriguing, definitely pre-flood type stuff. But nothing has been more mysterious and enigmatic than what I discovered on the island of Sardinia. I didn't discover it, but what is on the island of Sardinia that has been overlooked for all these years? Um, people who are out there studying giants, in my estimation, if they have not taken a hard look at Sardinia, they're missing a huge piece of the puzzle, which we put into place with our film. So it's uh, it's really, again, information that has been overlooked by even by researchers. And it's some of the most compelling information, some of the most compelling testimonies that I've ever seen in any film, any documentary, or even heard of um, concerning an active cover-up, concerning a Smithsonian-like cover-up that's happening to this day. Uh, if you go to Sardinia today, and you talk to the elders in Sardinia, the older people, many of them have stories of recovering giant bones. And we're not talking about dinosaurs. We're not talking about mastodons. Uh, we're not talking about just a fragment of some shin bone or some thigh bone. We're talking about full skeletons. Skeletons, by the way, that are adorned in, in treasure, in, in jewelry, accompanied by very strange artifacts. It was customary for the village people in Sardinia some years ago when many of the giants were being uncovered because they were starting to plow in their fields with tractors and go deeper, digging down into the soils, tearing up the tombs that were buried beneath the soil. It was customary among the, among the villagers to immediately, when they would come upon the body of a giant, they would check the fingers for rings. Um, and the last time I checked, dinosaurs don't wear rings. Mastodons don't wear rings. There's not only rings and jewelry associated with these giants, there's great treasure, vast amounts of gold and other precious metals and, and so forth. So it's really a bizarre situation. Uh, it's been fascinating to document. It, it's been fascinating to go to the island and see what's actually happening and then come back and put this film together and watch, literally just watch the pieces fall into place as we're putting this film together. So again, I just want to reiterate, we are extremely excited for people to see this film. It's really going to clarify some things concerning the migration of giants, concerning the origin of the mound builders in the United States and so forth. And, and it ties in uh, in such an amazing way with the work that uh, Tom Horn has been doing for, for some years in the desert Southwest. Um, I mean, I believe it was all divinely orchestrated, uh, this collaboration that's now happening between us and, and Tom Horn and Skywatch TV. So, so I'll turn it back to you, Sheila. I'll volley it back to you, Steve. Well, number one, the thing is, is that when I first started writing 20 some 25 years ago on the giants, the most pronounced characteristic of the giants, every single place in the world, every single place in the world, Sheila, was cannibalism. So what is so interesting to me as you know, people will try and downplay as the days of Noah. They said, well, it was just really violent. No, there was way more going on. The pre-flood architecture takes a supernatural, beyond normal understanding of stone cutting, movement of heavy stuff. And I believe the giants accomplished it because their fathers were fallen angels. A lot of people also make the... Uh, mistake of claiming, well, you know, the gravity has changed. Well, the gravity doesn't mean squat when you're dealing with a supernatural life force, which we cover in the new DVD, because there is a consistency of uh, multiple testimony and eyewitness witnesses, plural, to even the, if you will, the projection 
No, I'm talking about giants who are in stasis. I'm talking more about mummies, not bones. But even the bones uh, played a significant role. The bones of the giants were worshipped, and they were believed to provide strength and, if you will, revelation. But that's another story. The most important thing that our DVD does, the the uh, Holocaust of Giants, is it ties the world together as a tapestry where a bunch of strings, yarn or whatever, have just been dangling out in history for so long. And as you bring all the different strands together, you start to see this totally different mosaic of history than the lies that, for instance, modern anthropology is built on, just total lies. We were told Neanderthals were in our, uh, you know, genetic chain and family until they said, uh-uh, separate, separate species, and they're finding, you know, the Hobbit people in Indonesia. They're finding uh, so many, if you will, creatures and even sub-hominid species that they just took for granted. Well, I believe... And this is, this is a statement. I believe that just as we're seeing the political arena turned upside down, as God is revealing the sins of the leaders to the people and the people's sins before God, he's doing that with the historic lies. You know, there is no shadow of turning in God. God doesn't do what most people do. Well, the Lord told me this. Well, the Lord changed his mind, you know. Behold, I am the Lord, and I change not. Isn't that what the scripture says? So while we're in, and Tim and the film crew are in Sardinia, they're in Rome, they're in Malta, they're in Bolivia, Peru, you know, all the places that the Lord has led us to, when you get into the Mesoamerican cultures, the Incas in South America, the Mayans pretty much in Latin America, and the Aztecs in Mexico, then those people moving into the desert southwest and bringing all their habits to them and with them. So the thing that people still have got to understand, there is a Mayan king who was a giant. History records it. Their history records it. His name was Shambhalum. I won't even try and spell it. And Tim, by the way, that's a correct, you know, I had somebody correct me years ago on that, so <laughs> sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Shambhalum. And so, you know, the thing that's important is, is that in their own cosmogony, their belief in the origin of the cosmos, it's the giants that are the ones they attribute to building the great edifices and the temples. Look, all three of those cultures had basically a pathetic ability and no ability to quarry much stone outside of using another uh, stone mallet. They had obsidian. They had seashells. But they didn't have, you know, any form of metal bladery. They were so historically, they were in no possession of any of the tools that even the Middle Ages or even prior to that, the Dark Ages possessed. So without the tools and the necessary understanding, they, the Inca, the Maya, the Aztec, and all of those entities that occupied, and by the way, practice not ritual cannibalism, they practice sacrificial human culling. They ate their enemies because you'll hear the classic story that they ran out of food or they basically had a year of drought or multiple years of drought, which was true in the Yucatan. But the primary reason is, is that just like Easter Island, it was, you know, finally the people that study Easter Island had to come to the conclusion that they ate themselves out of existence. I mean, who was the last one standing? 
My answer to that is with the last guy's body being picked out from between his teeth. Because again, the thing is, is that there were so many denials. And by the way, the Moai statue on Easter Island, you know, everybody just saw the head, but it wasn't recently until someone decided, let's dig down. And those are giant statues, similar to Nemrat Dog, same amount of numbers, facing obviously in the same geographical position that even the uh, giants and Nimrod dog that's in Turkey, you see them with the, what they claim is a cosmogenine empire. All this stuff is what Tim and the film crew are documenting. So we meet up with Tom in the desert. Now, this is really cool stuff, okay? By the way, we rattled a whole lot of cages. We rattled enough cages, Sheila, that we had a, a drone in the sky when we were in a place called Valley of the Gods and southern utah i actually had a photo on my website to put it up and drew people's attention to it but what was more interesting than anything is we met with native american elders and uh one in particular that told us some fabulous stuff we've got him in the film and the giants this is already uh known because that's the title of tom horn in my collective work our books that's coming out is cloud eaters and has the subtitles, which I'll share in a minute. But the point is, is that they actively engage stargates, and the giants talk to them through the stargates, telling them they're coming back. Now, I want to make that clear to people. These are contemporary Native American, you call them medicine men, uh, and they're always the elders that go and they get instruction. Well, I simply asked one of them, why do you guys... Meaning, you know, you guys who are, I guess you'd say, pillars and the heads of uh, your nation, your Indian nation, worship the bones of giants that basically ate you out of existence. The Anasaze or the Pueblo people, the Anasaze, they don't like that term. By the way, the Pueblo Native Americans that we met with didn't like that term. But they used to try and deny. All contemporary, if you will, ethnologists and archaeologists denied that there was cannibalism in, uh, in the desert southwest, or out, actually throughout the, the Americas, especially North America. But one of the fascinating things that uh, turned up was the idea that even though these guys were eaten out of existence, for instance, that Sand Canyon, and, and Tom Horn has interviewed probably one of the smartest Ph.D. Navajo professors in the world, and he can say, well, here's the official party line, but if you would have asked my grandfather, so we've got this stuff on video, and it's never, and I, I say this, it's not a hype, it's no pitch, it's never been recorded before, it's never even been approached before. So that, and now what do you see, Sheila, cannibalism in the headlines, even to the point where a sicko CNN reporter, and by the way, how appropriate, CNN Cannibal News Network <laughs> is eating human brains with a sect of cannibals in India. And, the, and I guess the uh, reporter, by the way, he's a Muslim. And as you probably know, Muslims have given out uh, fatwas or statements uh, and mullahs have issued them that it's okay to eat your enemy. And I remember talking about this really troubles me about, you know, seeing little little kids with their organs ripped out. And I'm talking little kids, two-year-olds, and being eaten, and the camera's filming it. And then Christians, the, the bodies hanging in the meat market. Now, if that doesn't evoke any desire to pray for our brethren, if that doesn't evoke complete revulsion and vomit and make people want to stand up and fight against the demonic forces that are actually loosed now, I don't know. So when people say, I'll just rebuke the giants in Jesus' name, 
Can you rebuke a cold in Jesus' name and see it leave? Do you walk in faith that degree? Because David walked in faith, but before David took on Goliath, he took on a bear and a lion with a sling. And now what we've got is a bunch of, you know, we've got a bunch of liars that are great at lying, but they certainly don't know how to yield the sling against God's enemies. The web bots are picking up massive amounts of information coming out of Antarctica. A thousand, you know, Lockheed engineers purportedly being taken down there to reverse engineer the ancient civilization stuff. I've made this statement, and we, I think we present it in the DVD series, you know, unless you understand the past, you won't be able to handle the future. So all of the, if you will, the big disclosures that are coming, ancient civilizations, and the great deception that Tom Horn wrote about in Exo Vaticana, that he's been on your show and, and with me on Doug's show, Hagman's show, talking about this very issue that the Catholic Church is getting ready to baptize aliens. What's wrong with that? Number one, aliens are not creating the image and likeness of the living God. God separates a distinction. And God called the giants, okay, which were a hybrid race, half human, half fallen angel, he called them bastards. And there's no shortage of bastards in the world, is there? And I mean that, literally. So what happens is, the greatest amount of money in the world is being produced through black ops and black projects funded by black. And what I mean by black, secret, hidden money that nobody knows about to regenerate the giants, okay, to basically produce super soldiers. And all of this stuff is taking place. And quite candidly, the, the, the Kumbaya claimants to Christianity, that's three C's, CCC, are absolutely missing the point. So... You know, it's not that God won't tell his people what are gonna ha what's going to happen. It's that they just don't have time for him, you know. And I, I think it's tragic that that's the case. Go ahead, Tim. Well, you mentioned the regeneration of the giants, which is a prominent theme in our film. And uh, I mentioned the tombs of the giants earlier concerning the island of Sardinia. There's these massive megalithic tombs that are called the tombs of the giants. And um, we absolutely debunk the notion that's floating around on the internet by armchair archaeologists, keyboard archaeologists that claim that uh, the tombs of the giants were too small, the interior was too small for giant bodies to fit in. We absolutely debunk that stupid idea, and we show you what the tombs are really meant for, what they're purposed for. And it will surprise people because there's something called the the right of incubation. And you'll only find this out. You won't find this out on the internet. You have to go there and talk to the people, talk to the cultural experts and, and dig into the legends and the traditions. Uh, the rite of incubation is a ceremony that they used to perform in Sardinia. The ancients used to perform it where the young people during a sort of a rite of passage ceremony would, would go into the tombs of the giants. And these are large megalithic tombs. They're about, some of them are 30 feet long the interior and about four to five feet wide uh, the interior, um, but they were not built to house the bodies of giants. Uh, uh, this particular kind of tomb was not built to house the body of giants. The giants were actually buried beneath the tomb, and the young people would go into the tomb during the rite of incubation to commune, to intercourse with the entities. They, call them, they actually called them the mighty ones, the heroes that were buried beneath. And it's it's the rite of incubation. I mean, they're, they're being incubated inside of the tomb with the spirits of the giants, with the spirits of the Rephaim. 
and uh, which surely led to all kinds of demonic manifestations, demonic possession. And there's reason to believe that some of these giants were not actually dead, the ones that were buried under the ground, but may have actually been in a state of suspended animation or stasis. And communication was still able to be maintained with them through these Canaanitish a demonic necromantic rites like the rite of incubation. So there's lots of information here uh, that we deal with concerning the regeneration, the the resurrection, if you will, of the Rephaim. Uh, so there's again, that's a, that's a very important point, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. One of the other things, Sheila, that's going to tie all this together uh, strategically and timing. Branson, we have a True Legends conference coming up. <laughs> And people are really excited about that because, number one, it's going to bring together the original researcher. It's the researchers that are in this field, not guys that just go out and put their name on somebody else's work. But we've got, for instance, we've got Anselm P. Rambla, who's been studying the Shinkana, the underground tunnel system through the Andes in South America, a very interesting guy. Uh, we've got, obviously, Timothy Alberino, Tom Horn, myself, Steve Quayle. We've got Dr. Michael Lake, Derek Gilbert, who his new book, Inception, is just fabulous. We've got Ellie Marzuli, who's obviously, you know, in the field with the Paracas skulls and doing what he's doing. And then on Sunday, we have Pastor David Langford, pretty much for the whole morning, bringing, I, I would tell you this, a word fitly spoken season. The idea of the Branson Conference is to be more of a teach-and-ar, and by that I mean each speaker will have 90 minutes plus, you know, a given amount of time to answer questions, but we're going to present a central theme and meme of history with each person's expertise flowing into that so people can basically have a laid-out understanding of the stuff from start to finish. For instance, the basic premise is the reason Satan allowed the watchers, provoked the watchers to go and have human intercourse, those were angels, God created angels to uh, watch over mankind, is obviously that to destroy the promised Redeemer, the seed that would come that would basically take him down, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have in the New Testament, Rachel weeping for her children, for they are not. We had Herod trying to interrupt that plan. We obviously see that Jesus had to flee uh, literally into Egypt with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, not IOUs, not uh, Herod Reserve notes, but the three most precious commodities of his day. That's what Jesus, Mary, and uh, Joseph lived on in Egypt, you know, to fulfill the prophecy, too, out of Egypt have I called uh, the, you know, so the point is, is that we're seeing now what Herod couldn't do, Okay, what Pharaoh couldn't do when he had all the firstborn slain, what everybody uh, was not able to do on Mount Hermon, and then the 200 fallen angels that came to Mount Hermon originally, those are the ones that are bound, but, you know, there could be tens of millions of fallen angels, and where are they? Now, we know where the majority are is in Washington, D.C., okay? But I maintain, and I know that sounds like I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but I mean it in beyond sarcasm. You cannot see the central hand of evil any more clearly than its total assault against any truth. They don't care what is going on in their world as long as the truth doesn't come out. And I believe that God is going to do the same thing that he's done in the political realm. He's going to expose the pedophiles. Now, why is that important? 
Gadagate because the Canaanites, they absolutely sacrificed their children. They would butcher them. They would eat them. They would pour out their blood. I'm sorry, but this is a gruesome world. This is a headline gruesomeness. I even parted company with someone who used to be my best friend is because they said to me years ago, well, that'll never happen. I said, I'm sorry, it will happen. I won't go any more detail than that. The denial is now beyond denial unto death. Now it's denial unto total destruction. So I tell people, pray, seek the Lord, see if these things be true. So let me let me just give people specifics on Branson, because they can go online right now and register. And by the way, we've got a tremendous overseer that's putting this whole thing together. If you go to stevequail.com, Gen 6 Conferences, again, you can click on the banner. It's going to be at the Mansion Theater, which is a very cool place, September 15th through the 17th. It's got great acoustics. We'll have a giant screen TV, not projection screen, but a panel screen TV that we can show people a lot of this stuff and whoever is using PowerPoints, it'll be sharp, you know, not a fuzzy projected image. That really bothers me when somebody says, now look at this and you can't even see the image. So uh, we're going to have an amazing time. People can get their hotels already booked and we've got, I think, an amazing, uh, if you will, buffet of truth, but it's meat, it's not milk. So if somebody wants to come and I said, you know, have a good time. This is not the place to go. If someone wants to come and be schooled in the things of God's Word, then this is the place to go, because we're going to be concerning on this conference, specifically, giants, fallen angels, ancient civilization, and the now unfolding genetic war between men and beasts. And we're going to be uh, gathered together, I think, as a, a very time-sensitive point. This conference, with this specific focus on Genesis 6, prehistory, post-history, and all of the headlines of today is unparalleled or unequaled. So when you go on Gen 6 Conferences, that's G-E-N-S-I-X Conferences.com, all the information is there. And you'll see Tim and I with Tom Horn and Derek Gilbert talking about this. So really, really pray about coming. And I think you'll be super blessed because as we get closer to September, again, September 15th to 17th, 2017, it appears that people are excited, Sheila, because with no exaggeration, this thing is selling out already. Uh, a lot of people are excited. So fortunately, we can handle up to 2,500 or 3,000 people. And Tim and I personally went there with Tom Horn. We went and we checked the place out. The people at the mansion in Branson are just wonderful. And there's so many hotels there and, you know, uh, great deals on the hotel rooms. So we're excited but also, we're really looking forward to what happens after the conference in the standpoint of what the world headlines. Here's what I'm saying. You will see headlines unlocked around the world in mass after September. When I talked about this to Sheila, I said, after Antarctica, and look, people can do whatever they want to do, but when I basically released the Empire Beneath the Ice, you and you were one of the first people to have me on your show, you know, how the Nazis won World War III, the idea was really tough for some people. After that, after the release of the book, then all the Hitler headlines came out, uh, Mein Kampf was reintroduced, republished worldwide, even in Germany, the secret occult libraries of Heinrich Himmler came out, and from everything that's going on in the Antarctica, it all leads back to New Schwabenland, to the Germans' empire beneath the ice, 
And even a statement by one of the researchers in 1988, he said the Fourth Reich and Final Reich will come to uh, total visibility, I'm paraphrasing, and in everybody's faces after the financial crash. I might suggest that might be closer than anybody might think. So this isn't hogwash. There's tremendous researchers out there. National Geographic is the hunt for Hitler. Then we got Harry Cooper's book that's on my website, Hitler in Argentina. But all this stuff is related. And by the way, Tim was living in Peru. We started uh, True Legends, the first episode in Peru. And lo and behold, I was on, I think, Coast to Coast. And somebody who said his great-grandfather helped hide Hitler in one of the underground uh, civilizations in the area of one of the underground civilizations that no one even knew about. So they would have had to get there through the Shinkana. And if anybody understands the Third Reich's building and has been watching the hunt for Hitler, the tunnels are one of the most important, if you will, foundational principles to understand. Would you say that, Tim? Yeah, I would. The book, the expedition, this part three of Two Legends, the series, film, and now this really exciting September 15th through 17th conference in Branson. Of course, the mansion in Branson is legendary with the sound systems, as you said, Steve. It's so exciting, this marriage of Genesis 6 Productions, partnering with Tom Horn, Skywatch, you know, the Catholic Church, the Unholy Sea, Alien Saviors, Antarctica, Pedogate, Cannibalism being the order of the day. The world really is spiraling into the pit of hell, but it really is sort of the perfect storm, the perfect scenario to stage a supernatural type event, isn't it, Steve? Well, it is. And again, it's the time sensitivity. Obviously, uh, September is the ninth month, you know, all of the dire issues of fall. And I don't know what those are, Sheila, but I will say this, that the UFO phenomenon now has become so commensurate with the release of all the information going on in the Antarctic. For instance, all the ancients tied their building coordinates to specific stars, whether it was Pleiades, what's called the Seven Sisters. But one of the most unusual flying saucers that was ever designed by the Nazis as a cigar shape, and the name of that was the Andromeda Craft. I find that incredibly uh, interesting. Even they are saying that the speed of it was beyond 300,000 kilometers a second, okay? That's light speed in 1947. (laughs) That is something else. Well, in the final segment of the program, Tim, your final thoughts, and then you can hand it back to Steve. I just want to encourage people to uh, sign to go register for this conference. It's going to fill up really fast. And uh, what we're trying to do here is, by the way, this conference is hosted by Gen 6 Productions. So this is a Gen 6 Productions conference. It's called True Legends. So it's it's a tr- it's our True Legends conference. It's dealing with the content that we deal with in our films and and the guys that are coming and, and presenting at this conference uh, all have material that is absolutely relevant to the kind of stuff that we've been talking about in our films, including this including this third installment, Holocaust of Giants. So if you're thinking about going, register as soon as possible. Um, reserve your seat at the conference. Our intention here is not to do just a, a run, another run-of-the-mill conference. Uh, conferences are becoming, are multiplying uh, all over the country, it seems. So we wanted to do something different. We wanted to do something where we're actually bringing guys uh, who are going to be speaking about 
their own personal research in the field, their own expeditions in the field, uh, finding the proof to back up the, the kinds of things that, that uh, we're going to be presenting. So uh, this is going to be unique material. And then also, I encourage people to stay tuned for the uh, for the Holocaust of the Giants, the third installment of our documentary film series that is going to be coming out in May. And um, and you can track with us at stevequail.com. You can track with us on our Gen 6 Productions YouTube page. And just stay tuned for more updates. We're going to be doing some more updates, both on the conference and on the on the film in the, in the coming uh, month. So stay tuned for, for that information. Tim, just quickly give out the website on how people can lock their spot for this True Legends conference. People can get tickets at gen6conferences.com. That's G-E-N-S-I-X conferences.com. Perfect. Steve, final thoughts? Well, final thought is this. To my knowledge, and I guess as one of the lead researchers, and you know, if you're mad about that, uh, take it up with the living God, but the idea is to give everyone, prior to the flood of Noah, the scripture says in Genesis 6, there were giants in those days and after those days, and those, those days before the flood and after the flood. By the way, Sheila, it's the only two times in the Old Testament where the word Nephilim, the Hebrew word, is used. Yeah. But we're also going to do something different. We're going to go back into the the time before even the creation of man, and we're going to go back into what's called the Golden Age, and Derek uh, Gilbert and his book Inception, and me, what I'm dealing with is astral catastrophism, meaning how did God judge the universe, and how can you explain uh, very exacting records from the Sumerians that have kings both before the flood, who, by the way, were giants, that lived, some of them lived 60,000 years, longevity, How do you explain that? People say, oh, they just missed the decimal point. Well, no, they're not Democrats or Republicans. They didn't (laughs) know how to lie in those days, you know? So the point point is, well, that went over everybody said. You know, the point is is that we're we're at the time now where God is revealing. There's nothing that's hidden that isn't going to be revealed. And I promise you this. I'm telling you all this. It's March uh, 16th. 2017. You watch what happens after the conference. You watch what happens when we, even even the conference, between the time of the release of our book, you know, and, and the 1st of May, when they'll be able to be ordered, Tom Horn and I, our collective book is going out with the third installment of True Legends, a series called Holocaust of Giants. I don't think that anybody who will be intellectually honest to follow the research, the footnotes, and the absolute central theme of the Word of God and being preeminent above everything can even ask the dumb question that gets asked, well, why is all this giant stuff important anyway? Because they're coming back, ladies and gentlemen, and just as it was in the days of Noah, doesn't mean that, oh, yeah, they were having, you know, uh, transgendered marches in the street of Sodom and Gomorrah. No, it's way more than that. It's so much that God had to give a command and literally send his angels in the heavens to destroy different outposts of the giants. And even ancient antiquity, non-Christian cultures record the fiery white ones with flaming swords that smote the giants. Well said. Again, everyone, the information is linked there. Of course, if you go to stevequail.com, there's a massive right-hand side banner, Gen 6 conferences. You need to be there. This is a who's who of the best. Steve Quail, Tom Horn, L.A. Marzulli, Timothy Alberino, Michael Lake, 
David Langford is preaching. It's going to be fantastic. September 15th through the 17th. Get your tickets now. Steve and Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing with the people today. Thank you so much, Sheila. Blessings. Thank you, Sheila. Folks, that was Steve Quayle, stevequayle.com, Timothy Alberino. Go to stevequayle.com, click on that big banner, and get your tickets. I'm going to be there myself. It's really going to be a who's who of the best. This is so exciting, and I hope to see you there. Very exciting. Branson, Missouri, September 15th through the 17th. 2017 at the legendary Branson Mansion in Branson, Missouri. It's going to be an incredible event. I want to remind people I'm sending out a newsletter later this evening. Do sign up for my free e-newsletter. I'm having an equipment fundraiser for video, live video. That is through Fundly, F-U-N-D-L-Y. You can Google Fundly and Sheila Zielinski, a very transparent system to start doing some video. Audio is one thing, but video is very impactful. They say it's 10 times more effective than audio. Of course, they had a recent website crash. It was 30 days since we tried to switch servers. It's really made me want a desire to move more towards video, expanding audio, live streaming, technologies changing swiftly, and the sprint to keep up. It's exhausting. So we're having a video equipment fundraiser. And our goal is $7,500 before the 40 days are up. And again, it's Fundly, F-U-N-D-L-Y. I hope you do get behind this fundraiser so that I can start doing some powerful video. It's time that God's people that are advancing the kingdom get with the changing winds of technology. It's funny how Steve said we can't compete with the James Camerons of the world. But you know what? By the grace of God, we can do the best we can. It's been seven years and it's time to go with something besides audio with the technology that's changing so rapidly. And who knows really how long we have on the air. We do have to look at other venues with a Stasi style censorship that is going on. It is quite frightening indeed. So do not forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go to weekendvigilante.com. My site should be back online, so do bookmark weekendvigilante.com and get signed up for that free e-newsletter. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and like my Weekend Vigilante Facebook page. The social media icons are there at the top right. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Be watching for next week. Russ Dizdar is going to join me on what? Pedogate Witchcraft and the Dark Occult underground. There's a handle. Have a very blessed weekend. We'll see you next week. Good night and God bless you.